This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Jen Piacenti. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. And it, of course, is the best time in baseball. The postseason is upon us. Uh, two terrific wild card games just completed, of course, in the last couple days. One by the Red Sox and the Dodgers. And now that means we're down to the division series. Now, these are pretty good matchups, obviously, when you're talking about all of these teams. And that means we bring in our baseball expert, Jennifer Piacenti. You can follow Jen on Twitter uh, at Jen Piacenti. That's Jen P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. And uh, it feels like we've been waiting all summer for this. It does, Um, especially for me as an Astros fan. I love postseason, and here we are. (laughs) I know, I know, let me tell you. But, you know, this is when it gets really fun. This is what all these players wait for is to get just to get to play October baseball. You know, what a great feeling if you're one of those guys. Yeah, and, of course, we have one of the new arrivals to this now. Of course, you have a White Sox team that is playing the Mm -hmm. Astros. That'll be the Mm -hmm. the first series we take a look at. Obviously, the Astros more battle-tested, the White Sox somewhat into the scene. But, again, over the course of the the regular season, it wasn't dominant one way or the other. And the White Sox finished only two games behind the Astros. So uh, when we kind of zoom out and take a look at this wider series, uh, what do you expect to be some of the keys to it? Uh, there's a few keys here. Well, first of all, as you said, you know, Chicago kind of kind of ran away with the AL Central. They ended up winning 93 games and they finished as the only team in the division with a winning record. So I would say also not necessarily the highest bar, but they were basically playing on cruise control for a lot of the season. They only went 39 and 34 after the All-Star break. So they're going to need to be able to kind of kick it into high gear here. Houston, on the other hand, 95 and 67 record, won the AL West division um, and their plus 205 run differential was the fourth best in the league and as you mentioned the Astros are really experienced and have won at least one playoff round in each of the last four years that is no small task Uh, when these two teams met up during the regular season Astros won five of seven including a four-game sweep at home in Houston now of course this series will be hosted in Houston. So yes, on paper, the White Sox look pretty good. But in this matchup, I feel that the Astros are pretty heavily favored. Let's let's break down a few more things. No team scored more runs than the Houston Astros this year. And no team struck out less than the Houston Astros this year. That's impressive stuff, right? It is. They hit for average. They don't strike out. They hit lefties and righties. They hit at home. They hit on the road. And they hit in high leverage situations. So they have the powers. They're just, they have the power hitters, but they also aren't just reliant on home runs to score much like the Yankees were, which is why we did not pick Yankees uh, on our last pot. And we were correct on that one, Sean. Uh, so it's a nice balanced offense. Um, now the white Sox have a slight edge as far as pitching in my, in my opinion. Um, they, have, have great starters. You know, you've got Lance Lynn, you've got Carlos Rodon, you've even got Dylan Cease, who's been very good, Lucas Giolito, really good there. Um, and they have two really strong guys at the back of their bullpen. Both Hendricks and Kimbrell can close out games and be used in high leverage situations. For tonight's game in particular, we've got Lance Lynn versus Lance McCullers. We've got the two Lances battle of the Lances. When that happened um, in the medieval times, those were called jousts. <laughs> They're going to joust tonight uh, at, at the juice box. When pe- when joust at the juice Lance's. box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, Lance Lynn 
finished the season 2.69 ERA, 176 strikeouts. Really, really great season, though he had a bit of a rough August. He hasn't been as good lately. Um, And Lance McCullers, not as good on the year, 3.16 ERA, but he's been stronger lately. Chicago bullpen, better than the Astros bullpen on paper, uh, but not by a lot. Uh, but specifically, McCullers has made two starts versus White Sox this season, and he went 2-0 and and allowed only three runs and four hits across 13 innings while striking out 14. And in six career starts versus Chicago, he has an ERA of two ERA of 2.17. Now, the Astros bullpen is shaky. It's a strange bridge to Ryan Presley. Um, but I still think overall, the Astros have the edge both in the series and for tonight's game. I'm going to take the Astros money line minus 138. They just have the postseason experience. They're at home. And I'm also going to take over seven and a half runs scored in this game because I think that even if they can't get to Lance Lynn, the Astros will get to the bullpen. And also, Lance McCullers in that Houston bullpen won't be perfect. McCullers walks too many guys, so though he may strike out, strike out a lot, he'll probably give up an earned run or two. I think it's just going to go over seven and a half runs scored if I'm taking one, and that one is plus money. Uh, but overall, Astros money line for tonight and overall for the series, I think the Astros take this in four. Uh, the Astros are the better team, obviously, but when you look at uh, the White Sox, they're coming in hot. They've won seven out of their last ten. The Astros kind of limped into the playoffs, winning only four of the last ten, letting Seattle hang in there for a while. But everything you pointed out about the offense is right. What's interesting to me is that we have seen in these at least two wild card games, not totally shocking, that pitching has been the difference, that when you're able to really hold these teams down, that, that it makes a massive difference in these postseason games. Obviously, it's hard to string a big inning together with a bunch of hits back to back against the top pitchers in the league, which is what you get on the top teams in the league. So I think the, the White Sox have a puncher's chance there because this strikes me as the kind of game where it's going to be uh, a lot of what we saw in the first two with the with the wild card games. A lot of a lot of home runs and arguably a lot of solo shot home runs are going to be the way a lot of teams score right now. Not only is that the way the teams are built uh, in, in their lineup at the moment, it's very Earl Weaver baseball in a lot of ways, but also because the pitchers you face are so good, it becomes hard to string those beginnings together. Uh, the Astros are better. The Astros have a better chance of popping home runs. They have a better lineup, but I do think the White Sox have uh, that kind of puncher's chance there. What I'm excited about in this series, of course, is seeing maybe a new team in Chicago, and I like seeing two teams that, for the most part, Justin Verlander notwithstanding, are essentially healthy, and so we really get to see you know both these teams with more or less their best on display. And that of course is really exciting too. So there's a, a lot to like about this series. Let's go over to the other AL series, which also starts today as we record this on Thursday. That would be our wild card winner. As you pointed out, we called that one, the Boston Red Sox. Not that we're going to pat ourselves too much on the, on the back, but, uh, Oddly, they weren't the favorites, which seemed a little strange to us, but the Red Sox get that done. Now they face a Tampa Bay Rays team that won 100 games, the top in the AL, and a team that led Boston in the season series 11-8. to So it's been close, and it does feel to me as if uh, the Rays have the better team, but if you're looking about the maybe the biggest stars and the guys that might be able to get it done on this biggest stage, it may very well be the Red Sox, but I think a lot of it depends on the health of J.D. Martinez. 
Oh, without question. And we just got word that J.D. Martinez will be starting in this ALDS. So that is good news for sure for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, you know, on the season, Boston led the American League with 330 doubles. Uh, they were number two in the AL with a 449 slugging percentage as a team. They finished top four in OPS, batting average, total bases, runs scored. They have depth everywhere throughout its lineup. And we talked about this on the last pod. You know, they don't just hit for power. They all also hit for average, much like the Houston Astros. Devers leads the team, 38 home runs. Uh, but there's a lot of power hitters there that also hit for average. And Tampa Bay also finished in the top five of American leagues in all kinds of offensive categories. You know, number two in runs, number three in home runs, uh, doubles. They were good, but they also strike out the fourth highest rate in the league. And I want to go back to the point that you just mentioned. What is the Tampa Bay's starting lineup? Who knows? They all just rotate in and out. Like it, it's not really that exciting. It's meant to be a machine and this machine does win. But if you're going with momentum and, and players that are exciting in my gut, I sort of think the Boston Red Sox can steal the series that it will go to five, but they could steal it uh you know the smart money is probably on the raise because of how well built they are but man i look at it and it's it's just tough you know the rays are built for relief and they're rested tonight i think they take this game mcclanahan on the season a much better pitcher than eduardo rodriguez 3.43 era versus erod's 4.74 but erod has also had dominant starts this year versus the rays where he really just strikes them all out and allows nothing or, or he blows up. So, you know, a lot depends on just tonight and how Erod does, but Brandon Lowe specifically owns him. If you're looking at player props, he's, he's homeward off Eduardo Rodriguez three times in 13 at bats, but, but Devers has also been hot. Uh, I think he could get to any one of the Rays pitchers because he's that good. So I think that the Rays win tonight's game, but I'm going to say right now in my gut, I kind of, feel like the Red Sox could steal this one um, because of the same reasons that you mentioned, Sean. I like the under for tonight's game, by the way, because it's plus money under seven and a half plus 110. But I do like the raise on the money line for minus 160 just for tonight. Yeah, I, obviously, when you're talking about the the wild card winner, they, of course, have to burn one of their best starters just to get through that one game and that puts them behind the eight ball when you're talking about the NLDS. And that is of course, by design, that's the reward you get for winning your division. You don't have to deal with that. Uh, Boston's offense, you brought up the point that how how much better they, they are and they are, but it's not as much as it might seem because if you actually look at the difference in batting average, that 261 by Boston, 242 by Tampa, Tampa actually hit three more home runs than Boston on the year. And their on-base percentage as a team is only .007 less. So you're right. It feels at times as if the Rays are getting it done with smoke and mirrors. But it may very well be the fact that this is a modern baseball team when you talk about the idea of uh, a lot of flexibility in the lineup, a bullpen forward roster but in again in the postseason in the last few years that's the kind of stuff we've seen have success so in many ways when you're a team and you're looking at these two competing 
franchises where the Rays are constantly trying to pinch every penny and, and try to come up with innovative ways to win. And the Red Sox, much like uh, the Dodgers, who we'll get to in a moment, just throw a bunch of pile of money at the problem. It, it's going to be really interesting to watch based on these two different approaches. And I think more than anything, uh, I'm, I'm with you. My gut tells me that Boston takes this series. That said, I'm also with you when I think Tampa Bay takes this game tonight. And at a best of five, uh, that's obviously a big game. So uh, we shall yeah. see. But I am really intrigued to see this battle because we really are looking in totally different styles of baseball due to the way that each team is constructed. And by necessity, financially, that's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll all see that again uh, in, a mo- in a couple moments when we move over to these NL uh, matchups, which start on Friday. By the way, uh, if you can, just take off work Friday. You get a baseball smorgasbord. All four of them back to back to back to back. I, I cannot wait for this Friday with all of these games going. But let's take a look at the Braves and the Brewers with the the other matchup that we'll get to to finish things off. Uh, it feels like they're sort of being blotted out by the sun because they, they eclipsed entirely because of those, those big names in the other ones. But look, uh, Atlanta is, is a resilient team. A lot of people, myself, thought they were dead in the water when they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. They were certainly not. And the Brewers have just very quietly uh, churned through one of the better divisions in baseball and ended up walking away with it in that NL Central. Tonight they get, to, or pardon me, tomorrow at least, these the expected starters, Charlie Morton and Corbin Burns, in that very important game one. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, basically the Brewers have had three uh, starters in the Cy Young conversation all year. You know, you've got Corbin Burns, you got Brandon Woodruff, you got Freddie Peralta. And what is the old adage? You know, defense wins championships. And if that's the case, that means that Milwaukee is going to be favored here. But let's look at some numbers that we need to know. Brewers 95 and 67 on the season. Their cumulative starter ERA, 3.13. Their cumulative bullpen ERA, 4.02. Total runs scored. In 2021, 738. Braves, only won 88 games. Cumulative starter ERA, 3.84. Bullpen, 3.97. Actually, a little better than the Brewers. Cumulative runs scored in 2021, 790. So more powerful offensively. Now, the season series is tied between these two, three to three. Um, You know, we've seen this Brewers rotation absolutely dominate and on the series I am leaning towards that because of their dominance however offensively the Brewers kind of stink the lineup is you're not wrong 233 is a team on the season that's a disaster tied for the third lowest in the league you know Willie Adamas leads the team with a 285 batting average and a 521 slugging while former NL MVP Christian Yelich has struggled to put up a strong season he's batting only 248 and slugging a measly 373 meanwhile veteran Avi Garcia leads the team with 29 home runs only 29 and veteran Lorenzo Cain leads it with 13 stolen bases now that's the opposite for the Atlanta Braves right even right. without superstar Ronald Acuna Jr., the Braves have continued to match the ball. The Braves are batting 244 as a club. That's eighth best in the league. And the Braves have not one, not two, not three, but four players with 30-plus home runs on the season. So we're talking major, major power. So here's the thing. I think that if Milwaukee can limit the right-handed bats, and they can, and keep control of Freddie Freeman, because Freddie Freeman could tee off here, then they're going to win this. 
if they can put together any amount of offense. This is a really tough one to call. I think the Brewers are going to take this in five with their pitching. I very much like the the five game idea there because uh, mm-hmm. you're really looking again. What have we talked about pitching and and solo home runs have so far been sort of the uh, the 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 strategy du jour. Well, the pitching is definitely favorite goes to Milwaukee. Yeah, the bullpen isn't quite as good. And of course, the bullpen is missing Devin Williams with the most head shaking injury of the season after uh, punching a wall in celebration of breaking his hand. So uh, one of their one of their very, very best relievers that would really may end up stinging. Uh, that's a guy that was going to get major work in this series. But also the power you talked about, those those 430 homer guys for the Braves obviously means, again, if it comes down to just being able to catch one pitch and take it out of the park, the Braves are the team to do it. This strikes me as not only a, a game that you win in five, but maybe a, a series that ends up with the home team winning every game because the Braves, obviously, in Atlanta, a little better hitters park there, a little higher up in the altitude. The opportunity to, hit, to really get the ball out of the park is better there in warm Atlanta than it is Milwaukee, which is a little more suitable towards the pitching. So these teams are sort of catered to their home parks, and it would not surprise me, quite frankly, if the home team won every single game, which would mean the Brewers in five. And that takes us to the big one, the two best teams in baseball all year long. The San Francisco Giants stunningly winning uh, the NL West and seemingly coming out of nowhere to do it. Take on the Dodgers, who got a scare from a game St. Louis Cardinals team, but they do get it done, and they get it done uh, not with the big stars, but with Justin Turner, with Chris Taylor. Again, two home runs decided that game. But if you're the Dodgers, you're worried you burned your starter, right? Like like every wild card team. Well, maybe not if you're the Dodgers because, yeah, you used Max Scherzer. That means you'll just roll in Walker Bueller, who might be the second guy in line for the Cy Young over in the National League. So this series was 10-9 to 9 on the year with the Giants. Uh, this is a marquee matchup, and I'll be honest with you, Jen, uh, I'm definitely going to lean on you because I have no idea what to call in this one. You know what? I have no idea what to call in this <laughs> one either. Isn't baseball great? It's, I love it. Yeah, this is ridiculous. 106 versus 105 wins. I mean, this is absurd. I'm just actually really glad that the Dodgers got through, though. I was kind of excited for the Cardinals if they had gotten through, too, because it would have been a cool story. But the Dodgers deserve to be here. The one thing I don't like for the Dodgers is that they could still be without Max Muncy, and they could be without Clayton Kershaw. So those are two pretty big dings. Um, At this point, expected to be missing both of them, at least for this series. Yeah. That's right. So so that's a bit of a bummer. And as you said, they had to already use Max Scherzer to get through to this game. So I don't love that. That being said, the Dodgers have so much postseason experience and they are so good. They are so deep. You know, you're listening to this game on the radio last night and it's like, oh, well, uh, they'll just put uh, Chris Taylor in now because they're taking out a pitcher and he didn't even start the game and he ends up right. winning the game with Rokes. Right. I mean, it's just so deep. It's insane. I don't think the Giants are as deep, you know, they've had career years from Brandon Crawford. They've got Logan Webb going tomorrow night. You know, they have Johnny Cueto having a great, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. If I had to pick one though, I'm, I'm going to pick the Dodgers and this is why, and you may laugh at me as much as you want. And I don't blame you, but I believe that the San Francisco Giants are contractually obligated not to win the World Series in odd <laughs> odd years. numbered years. <laughs> Therefore, the way I make my decision is if they're going to lose, they should lose to the best team out there in the NL. And as we just previewed the Brewers and the uh, Braves, we know that that team is 
the Dodgers. So therefore, the Giants do have to lose this series. The Giants also, by the way, <laughs> are missing Brandon Belt, and, and while not and not as quite an impactful player as yeah. Muncie, certainly a guy that that they could use. So in, in many ways, this this series for me kind of pivots. We know how good the Dodgers are, but kind of pivots on the performance of the guy that the Giants obtained at the uh, trade deadline. And that's a guy with, oh, some big time playoff experience too and a World Series ring. That's Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is really going to be one of the very pivotal guys here. Uh, he has not had a particularly strong September, only hitting 245. But we know that when you're talking about just one at bat at a time, Chris Bryant is a dangerous guy. It, it is hard for me to look at this series and say the Giants are going to take it just because I'm, I marvel at the depth and talent on the Dodgers roster. Yep, that said, exactly. get this. After August 1st, the Dodgers went 43 and 13. They made up a grand total of two games on the Giants during that span. So this Giants team hasn't had one of those years where they started off really hot and kind of rode it for the rest mm -hmm. of the year. This team right. has just churned out wins month after month after month. So when you're talking about, you know, 116 win versus 117 win in, in the second round, I mean, it's just going to be a marvel. Uh, I'm just looking forward to watching it. Uh, honestly, is when we're talking about from our standpoint is, you know, for betting and for DFS, uh, it's almost as these two teams are so good that, that I'm a little nervous to, to pick any of them at times. So this is going to be a, a really good series, a really exciting series. I think as a, as a fan, I'm just looking forward to watching it as far as betting on it. Hey, uh, your guess is as good as mine. So it, it's really going to be a, a tremendous amount of fun. But uh, when you have matchups, this high caliber of these kind of guys, I, I guess I'm going to say I'm with you because I feel like that depth is probably going to eventually matter. And the Dodgers, of course, weren't that much different than the Giants. Only one game difference. And, and they proved, of course, their medal in that game where uh, it was so tight, so tense, so challenging yesterday. And they find a way to get it done. It just feels like they have enough guys that will find a way to get it done. Yeah, I, that's where I'm leaning. But as you said, it's just hard to ever uh, vote against the San Francisco Giants right now, because as much as we said, they're going to fade. This is going to wear off. They have not. This is fantastic postseason baseball. I love the White Sox matching up with the Astros. I love the Red Sox Rays. This is fantastic. We're going to see a great pitching duel, I think. Pitching versus hitting in this Brewers-Braves matchup. It's it's rich. It is rich with storylines, and we are going to have a great postseason. Well, you want to make sure you follow Jen on Twitter to keep up with the latest. That is Jen Piacenti. That's P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. If you'd like to follow me, you can do so at S-D-R-O-T-A-R. We'll be back with you next week where we'll have a, a little more knowledge about uh, these series, the ones that maybe they're not all even going. We'll find out. But uh, we'll be back with you next week to break it down as we will throughout the rest of the postseason and the World Series. But uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the wonderful baseball. And for Jet Piacenti, I'm Sean Drotar. Thanks for joining us at Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.